Welcome to the Mixing Babies and Business podcast, where parenthood meets professional development. We'll be covering all things business, flexible, and remote work with kids. I'm your host, Amy Lynch, and I'll be interviewing inspiring guests who've been showing up as their full selves as parents and blurring the lines between their personal and professional lives. Visit mixingbabiesandbusiness.com to join our movement to parents seeking to invest in themselves alongside their kids. The next interview series on the podcast features Heather Payne, a parent and the CEO of Juno College, formerly HackerU. Heather founded Ladies Learning Code in 2011, since rebranded to Canada Learning Code with offerings for all ages, and has been named one of Canada's top 100 most powerful women in the trendsetters and trailblazers category, as well as one of the Globe and Mail's top 12 Canadian innovators at work. Our conversation is split into three parts. In our third and final episode, we talk about what she wishes someone would have told her as a founder starting a family, developing her own playbook throughout the process, the need for universal childcare, and disrupting the higher education sector. Let's get into it. As a parent and a founder, is there anything that looking back now you wish someone would have told you that you've kind of had to learn the hard way over the past few years? Yeah, good question. I mean, going into having my my two children, um, I think when my daughter was born, my oldest, I had been running Juno for about six years or so. Um, so I, I feel quite lucky because I was already through the most intense startup phase. Um, and but even so, I was very nervous about like you know what will happen to me during pregnancy. What will happen um, as I you know take some time off to first of all, heal and recover. And then, you know, secondly, to be there for my my infant baby. Um, and then what will happen when I do this all again? Because I, I wanted my kids to be close together. So I got pregnant for the second time when my first was um, just eight months old. And so um, it, it really felt like it was about surviving. And I think I did a good job coming up with a plan of how I would, you know, support the company and support my family and support my new children um, and, and kind of balance everything. But in a way... I mean, I, I guess I wish I had known the playbook because I made the playbook for myself um, and I had to guess as I was pregnant, like what kind of um, maternity leave I would want. Um, and it so happens that I chose something that really worked for me, I think. So I, I sort of took a month off with each child and then I came to the office two days a week um, for a few months and then kind of came back full time, I think, with my first one my first, when she was around four months or so, I, or five months, I came back sort of full time um, with a lot of flexibility, of course. And that worked really well for me. Um, And I would have liked for someone to maybe tell me about that option or those ideas instead of me having to sort of figure it out for myself. And luckily for me, it worked out. But, you know, what if I'd been like, oh no, this is not going to work. I need to be full time at home with my kids for six months. Then my plan wouldn't have been good. So just having more access to to founders who have been through the same thing. Um, I have a few close friends who had children shortly after me. They're both, you know, female entrepreneur friends of mine. And I sort of gave them my playbook and it really helped them to make a plan for their own kids. Um, So just like more, more information is always better, uh, I find. Well, hopefully this podcast interview will help some others um, with their plans. Um, I was freelancing when I had my first, so I just had zero maternity uh, leave that I was entitled to. But at the same time, it still felt like I was on a leave. But I mean, everyone's situation is so unique. And um, yeah, and yeah, it really depends on your your household income, and your level of comfort with someone like I was in a foreign country, and I wasn't comfortable with getting someone to look after him. I wasn't uh, very familiar with the neighborhood. There's just so many, so many things that 
you learn as a new parent. Yeah. And it's very different for someone who's an entrepreneur yes. and someone who's an employee. It's very different. Like in my situation, I never stopped taking a salary. That is one of the perks of entrepreneurship. There's downsides too, of course, but one of the perks is that I just made my salary the whole time. So I had the budget to put into having, you know, caregiving as needed and, and support at night with a night nurse and things like that. But there's many women who like, A, their business isn't far enough along for them to be able to do something like that. Or B, you know, you're an employee. And so when you're on leave, you don't have a salary. And so your options for the support that you can get are so different. Um, so it, it, it is tricky. And it's very much like up to you know, your own situation um, in terms of figuring out what's going to be best for your family and, you know, what sort of budget you're interested in putting into it or not putting into it um, based on your own needs. One thing I'm super passionate about, which I will take any chance of a platform to talk about is I just feel like universal childcare is so important. And I don't think we're going to really move Canada forward as an equal country um, until we establish universal childcare for everybody. Yeah. And that's very timely because of the recent budget announcement and lots of naysayers on how that will be executed. But at the same time, it's a step in the right direction. And at least having it voiced on that stage is important because for too long, it has been seen as a nice to have. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. Hopefully we'll be able to be in the room or giving feedback on it whenever that those plans are executed, because I'm really Mm -hmm. hoping that they speak to parents. Yeah, with this process. This is a professional development question if we have time for Mm -hmm. Another one, just I'm all about investing in yourself, no matter how little time you have, just carving out a bit of time to pursue the medium of choice. So how are you currently investing in your own personal and professional development as a founder? Yeah, I mean, I I started getting therapy uh, last fall after getting some feedback from my team that I needed to develop um, some uh, better skills around empathy. So that was sort of the cause of starting to pursue therapy. And that has been really beneficial for me. So, you know, for those who who can um, can afford it, uh, I think therapy is, is, is highly beneficial. Um, I also started a meditation practice recently. Um, so I'm just finishing up, I think, 22 days of meditation, which took me about two months to get through. Um, but that feels good. And you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, you know, doing whatever you can to put yourself in your best situation you can be physically as well. So I'm like obsessed with sleep. You know, it's it's hard sometimes as a parent, I totally get that. And there's nights when my kids wake me up, um, for sure. But I, I use a, a bracelet um, to track my sleep quality every single night. And it gives me a score. And that helps me to prioritize sleep and making sure I'm going to bed at the right time. Um, I exercise daily, I really um, try to eat healthy diet, um, pretty low carb, for example. So just um, for me, it's actually mostly around a desire to live well for as many more decades as possible. So it's less for me about like how I feel today, although I'm, I feel good. So that's nice. Um, but it's more about like, I want to still feel great when I'm 50. And I want to still feel great when I'm 60. And I'm willing to put in the work today to try and make that reality happen. Um, so I've always been really big on like short term pain, long term gain. That's like a feature of my personality, a feature or a bug of my personality, I guess. So um, I'm all about just like investing in the future and, and trying to optimize for the future. And from a professional point of view, are there any books that you've read lately or listened to that you would recommend or other other things? They don't have to be books. It could be podcasts. Yeah, I, I, I read a lot. I read um, about an hour a day, I would say, usually before I go to bed. Um, and I jump around from topic to topic. So it's kind of like whatever grips me in that moment. Um, I'm just finishing a, a, a real cult phase after um, watching some documentaries on um, the Nexium stuff and 
And I'm now reading a, a book about um, sibling rivalry and how we can support our kids in, in building great relationships. Um, I read uh, the Netflix book by the founder. Uh, is it Reed? I always forget which one's the founder of LinkedIn and which one's the founder of Netflix. But Reed, they're both named Reed. Um, so he has a new book that just came out. It was really good. I also just read Prof Galloway's new book about the world post-corona because I love thinking about like what is the world going to look like and how can I try and prepare for that world. So I would say my biggest source of professional development is definitely reading. And I basically have said to myself, like, if I want a book, I just go for it and do it. And uh, so my my Kindle is just like overflowing with um, different things I've, I've decided to learn about on a whim. One more question for you about the future. Hopefully, we can all hug each other and have face to face meetings. Um, yeah. But how is the work that you're doing now creating a legacy for the future, if that's what you're trying to do? And when you think of the kind of world that you want your children to grow up in, how do you see those tying in together? Yeah, I mean, at Juno, we're trying to create the university of the future. So we think that post-secondary education as it exists today is is largely a bad deal for students. Um, we think it's too expensive. We think it's too long. And we think there's things about it that are you know racist and classist and causing our society to be more unequal. And so what I'm really trying to do is like over many, many decades, build an organization that can provide a replacement or an alternative to that existing model. Um, so it'll still take some time before we're big enough that anybody notices us, you know, in the grand scheme of things, our community is still small today. I think we have around 9,000 alumni or so. But, you know, in a decade, that number will be 100,000, you know, or something along those lines. So we're, we're sort of making our way. And I think, you know, the legacy that I'd like to leave, I would be thrilled if we caused the downfall of the current post-secondary education system. Like that, you know, that sounds maybe like unrealistic or like, you know, how could you do that? But yeah, to me, that that would be a really exciting thing to make my life's work. So I, I think until further notice, I'll keep working on that. And, you know, it's one of those things maybe where if you like shoot for the moon, you land among the stars or whatever. So I think either way, if we have a big ambitious goal like that, um, the impact that will leave on the world will still be really substantial, whether we hit it or not. One of my favorite quotes is, it's not the big that eat the small, it's the fast that eat the slow. And I always like to read that as a reminder of, you know, it doesn't matter how big you're growing initially. It's just, can you move quickly? Can you adapt yeah. quickly? And I just always like that as a reminder to keep chipping away at the things that you're trying to make progress on. Totally. I love that. So I will find who said that and I'll put that in the show notes. And I'll also link to your work and Juno College. What's the best way that we can connect with you? Twitter and Instagram are probably the two best ways. So I'm at Heather Payne on both of those. Um, Heather P-A-Y-N-E. And on Twitter, um, it's more like work focus type stuff usually and like random thoughts. And then on Instagram, Instagram. It's uh, pictures of my kids. And uh, I always have one or two renovation projects on the go, it seems. So you can kind of follow along with those projects there as well. Yeah. And your new space looks beautiful. Someday I will come and try to uh, you. visit it in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. One day we will open it up again and it's going to be really fun to, to have it filled with people again down the road. Well, I look forward to that day. And I just want to thank you so much again for taking the time. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Heather for taking the time to speak about all things parenthood, professional development, business, and building an innovative and more inclusive model for the higher education sector. Check out Heather and her work at junocollege.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your network and leave a review. It helps other parents find the podcast. You can access more parent-friendly professional development flexible and remote work with kids resources on my website at mixingbabiesandbusiness.com. Thanks for listening.